And then I'm going to bring a message to you that God's put on my heart. Here's our situation. We've been in this building seven years. We have renovated three-quarters of the building. So we have 40,000 feet under roof, renovated, paid for. All the renovation is paid for. Now, let me, that's good. It's always good. But you know that old nursery rhyme? There was the old woman living in a shoe, had so many children, she didn't know what to do. Okay, on a normal Sunday, on a normal weekend, last weekend, for instance, we were just shy of 1,800 people in church. Now, a few hundred of those are children, and we're coming very quickly up on 2,000 people in attendance on a weekend. Now, many of you have had more than one house, and I want to kind of bring to your memory why you went to another house, at least many of you, because you had more children. You had to get a bigger house. You couldn't put them all in one room. The fact is, we're having to, on Sundays particularly, sometimes on Wednesday nights, we're having to put a sign on the nursery doors that says no vacancy, and they're having to take their children and themselves either into a little viewing room that we have where they can watch the service on TV or into the overflow that is across the hall in the fellowship hall slash youth room or they leave. We are really looking at the children taking over much of the downstairs. Isn't that great? That is great. That's a great problem. It's not even a problem, it's a challenge. Because they're tomorrow's church. And they're just, it's, just, uh, it's just growing back there. So we have to make room. Now, thank God, we have 13,000 square feet upstairs that most of you didn't even know about with a beautiful high ceiling that we're going to renovate. Now, what you're going to see when the video begins, it's going to be like you're in a little uh, helicopter flying around the building. It's a virtual sort of fly around, walk around. And the building you see is the building that will be. You're going to see a portico share. You're going to see the cross going up the middle that I've talked to you about before. You're going to see an elevator on the east side. You're going to see the building looking nicer than it does right now. You're going to see the power poles gone. That's my big dream. I hate the power poles. They're gone. They're going to be gone. In Jesus' name, I'm talking to them. All right. Now, so so remember, now when you see the portico share, they made a little mistake in the video. It's really going to be much bigger. It's going to come all the way across where you'll drive a car under it on a day like this and, and let people out, okay? Then the video, it's going to be like you're going up the elevator and coming out upstairs. Now, when we get upstairs, the upstairs, the 13,000 feet is pretty close to divided in half. You're going to see a new youth room. How, where's the amens from over here? All right. A new youth room. And um, with games and stuff that the teenagers like to play. And, you know, it says become all things to all men that you might save some. We want them to be able to come up here and have fun and not hang out in places where they shouldn't be. Okay? I think the church ought to have the best. I really do. I believe the church ought to have the best. Then you go across the hall and we're going to have five large new educational classrooms. We have ministries right now that we can't launch. The vision is there, but we can't launch them. You know why? We don't have one classroom in which to do it. So 
five beautiful new classrooms. Then you're going to see a multimedia room. The multimedia room where you're going to hear things like green screen, that, that is, that's video talk, okay? We're going to have, where we're going to produce the radio show and all the video work we do and more video work we're going to be doing. Like we're streaming right now on a test stream in a few weeks, March 2nd, 1st, March 1st, we're going to begin streaming where on a day like this, if you can't make it, if it's icy, you turn on the computer and watch us live. That's happening right now. You just can't, you can't get to it because we're not going to tell you how to until we're ready. But so it'll be a multimedia room from which, catch this now, this is my vision, from which we're going to reach the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're going to reach the world. And I believe that God wants churches to reach the world. Hey, I believe the answer to this nation's problems is Holy Ghost, Spirit-filled, devil-stomping, praying, Jesus-preaching churches. I really believe that. Okay, now, um, then you're going to see, a, a, you know, a coffee bar and things like that, and, and it's going to take you through that upstairs. Then at the end of the video, we're going to simply show you how, if you want to give to this, and we're going to talk about that more at the end of my message if you want to give to this, and I pray everybody does, you can go online and do it. And it's just a simple little walk through. The video's about five minutes total. And so let's run the video, and then I'm going to bring a message that's going to inspire you and really spur you towards this vision, all right? So go ahead and run it. Turning Point Church is embarking on the exciting next step in the story of our church. With the renovation of approximately 13,000 square feet of upstairs space as an expansion to our existing facility here on Old Burleson Road. This will allow us to serve our church family and community like never before. The renovation will provide five much needed adult classrooms as well as a multi-purpose room for our teens and utilizing the upstairs will allow us to serve more families by creating additional classroom space for our children downstairs. The new entrance on the east side will provide immediate access to the second floor by stairway or via elevator. Once you've reached the second floor, a welcome desk will provide information and connect our members and visitors with every area of the facility. This comfortable, accessible entryway will make a great first impression on all who enter. Ignite Youth will now have a state-of-the-art worship center with a full stage, large screen video, concert quality lighting, sound and media, and plenty of space with which we can actively pursue expansion of our youth ministry. Between services, classes and events, our entire church family can enjoy the gaming area, complete with console video games, Xbox, PlayStation, Ping Pong, Foosball, and much more. A coffee bar and refreshment area will also be a great place to hang out, connect, and enjoy time with friends over coffee, soft drinks, and snacks. As the Turning Point family grows, classroom space is at a premium. The new classrooms will provide much-needed space, perfect for small groups, classes, meetings, and much more. 
Accommodating the adults upstairs will allow us to serve their small children in the newly opened spaces downstairs. Finally, this renovation will include a larger, more versatile media studio for our production team, complete with a green screen wall, studio lighting, video camera, sound system, and furnishings. This studio will allow Turning Point to make our ministry and message more available and accessible to our church and community. The challenges of growth actually provide evidence that God is working as more and more hearts are touched and more and more lives are changed for Jesus Christ. And as we faithfully pray, work, and give financially to bring this project to fruition, we're preparing to see God work in this church and this community like never before. Be a part of this exciting next chapter in our story. Be a part of building our future. If everyone committed to giving $20.14 just twice a month for the remainder of 2014, we'd be able to cover the cost for the entire renovation in just one year. So, in preparation for partnering with you to bring this project to fruition, we've made it simple and easy for you to make a pledge. If you already have an online giving account, or you would like to create your own account, simply go to tpcfamily.org click on Online Giving. From there, you can schedule your automatic recurring donation. If this is your first time giving online, simply click on First Time, fill out your information, and click Submit. Once you have logged in, click on Schedule Giving, choose Building Fund, select how often you would like to give, enter the amount you would like to give, and how many total donations you would like to make. Then select the date you would like to begin giving. Complete the process by filling in your information, then click Activate Schedule. You will receive confirmation emails and receipts with each automatic recurring donation that is made. If you do not have an online giving account and would like us to create one for you, you may use the Building Our Future envelope in the seat pocket in front of you. Fill it out with your information and your choice of frequency of giving, then place it in the offering. You will receive an email which will give you access to your online giving account. If you need to make changes to your scheduled giving, you will be able to easily access your account online. You can also use this envelope to give donations by cash or check towards Building Our Future at any time. We are so excited to partner with you as we work together to take this step in building our future. Amen. Let's stand to read the Word of God, can we? And that is our future. That's the next step. And I told the church last night that I'm excited. I feel a stirring on the inside. As a matter of fact, we're going to go up a step. This is going to take us to another level. And you know what, folks? I believe the time is short. And if you're going to do whatever you're going to do for Jesus, you need to do it now. Amen? So let's read First Chronicles 29.9. Let me just talk to you about the power in, in giving. Then the people rejoiced, for they had offered willingly, because with a loyal heart they had offered willingly to the Lord. And King David also rejoiced greatly. Now, once again, they're looking towards building the temple God's house. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Speak to our heart today. 
And thank you for releasing faith in this house. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. You can be seated. Let me, let me minister to you a few minutes on this. Now, I am going to challenge us to expand our church building. We're making room for the children, making room for the youth, and making room for us and what God wants to do with us. I want to point out that verse we just read. Here's King David. He's raising money. This was a national building fund for the temple of God. I want you to notice what happened as the people gave. It says that the byproduct of giving out of a willing, loyal heart was great joy. That was the byproduct. You know, I've learned a long time ago. As a matter of fact, I tweeted today, and here's what I said on the tweet. I said, I have never known a happy taker, and I've known very few unhappy givers. You know why? Because to give is to be like God. You can't outgive God. Anybody found that out yet? You cannot outgive God. And that's why the Sea of Galilee, if you go to the Middle East, the Sea of Galilee is teeming with fish because water flows in and water flows out. But you know why the Dead Sea is dead? Because water flows in, but it doesn't flow out. That tells me that when God blesses you with a blessing, if you want to keep that blessing flowing, you give out as God gives in to you. And I believe that's one reason God has blessed our church. Because as blessing comes in, blessing goes out. We bless people all the time, everywhere. We sow all over the world. We've sown to missions. We've given to so many different things. And God has always been so faithful to take care of us. David talks about this joy again uh, in verse 17 of, of chapter 29, First Chronicles. He says, as for me, in the uprightness of my heart, I have willingly offered all these things and now with joy. I have seen your people who are present here to offer willingly to you. Now, if you read First Chronicles 29, you're going to see a connection between willing giving and joy. And the Holy Ghost who penned the word, because all scripture is given by inspiration of God, the Holy Spirit put that word willing in there over and over again in chapter 29. And I believe there's a reason. God wanted us to see that their arms didn't have to be twisted. They didn't have to be coerced or manipulated. But because the people loved God's house, because they loved the God of the house, they willingly gave, and it brought great joy. And David's joy was doubled, not only because he gave, but because he saw the people with a willing heart to give. How many of you have found that it's more blessed to give than to receive? Seriously, it's more blessed to give than to receive. Now, as I talk about this today, I want you to understand that I'm not here to fundraise. I am here to faith raise. I'm going to raise your faith. I'm not here to fundraise. I'm here to faith raise because I believe you can give in faith to what God has his hand on and you can do it with joy and you can do it without fear and you can do it boldly and confidently because you cannot outgive God. If you bless God's work, God will bless you. That's never failed in my life. I'm going to show you in God's word that we can boldly give in faith to what he has his hand on. Second, I'm going to challenge us not to give to a building, but to give to a vision. 
I'm not here because of a building. I'm here because of a vision. There is a vision on this house. Do you know in the seven years we've been here, hundreds of people have been saved in this sanctuary? We have baptized hundreds of people. God's hand has been on us and with us and working through us. So I'm not here because of a building, but I'm here because of a vision. I'm not here because of a name on a sign. I'm here because of a vision. God has brought us together to fulfill a vision that he's got for this area where he has planted us right on the highway with easy access. It's about to be a four-lane road. He has put us as a city set on a hill that cannot be hid. And in 2014, I'm going to believe God to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask for or even imagine in our minds because we serve a great and a living God. And by the way, you're probably wondering, why in the world are you saying give $20.14? Because we're in the year 2014. <laughs> See the relief that came? You weren't even hearing me because you're sitting there going, why was it 2014? 2014 is the 2014 challenge. We're going to give 2014 in 2014, and God's going to finish that upstairs in 2014. Amen? So let me look first at how we can give boldly in faith toward what God has his hand on. As Israel was about to begin the building of the temple, one of the wonders of the world, it was an incredible architectural wonder. As they were getting ready to build, King David brought a word from God to Solomon. And by extension, he brought the same word to Israel because they were all involved. David couldn't do it alone. Solomon couldn't do it alone. They needed the whole nation behind it. And here's what the word was. Be strong and of a good courage. And do it. Do not fear, nor be dismayed. For the Lord God... My God will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you until you have finished all the work for the service of the house of the Lord. Amen. Now that tells me something real important. God knew he was addressing a building project. And God cared about the building. God had his hand on the building of this building. Not because God wanted just something built to build it. But God saw this temple as a vehicle, as a conduit for his blessing to reach the world. God had laid his hand on the Jewish people in Genesis 12, verse 1, with the call of Abraham. And he said, through you, all the nations of the earth are going to be blessed. And God uniquely gave the Jewish people the word of God, the Ten Commandments, the, the, the Torah, the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Old Testament. God gave them his word, visited them, guided them, led them by fire by night, cloud by day, gave them water out of the rock, gave them manna on the ground, supernaturally delivered them out of Egypt, across the, the Red Sea, across the wilderness, into the promised land, and blessed them. Why? Because he said, I have anointed you and chosen you to make my name known in the earth. And they knew this. So they received this word. Be strong, be courageous, don't be afraid. For the Lord promises to not leave or forsake you. He will sustain you until you are finished. Because 
with that temple, God was going to set his glory on that temple. And when the temple was dedicated, God filled that place so mightily that they all fell on their faces. They could not stand on their feet. So great was the glory of God that filled that place. So for them, the temple was only a means to an end. The end being spreading the glory of the Lord throughout the earth and having a testimony for him. And I want you to know, for me, building a building is not the end. The end for me is not a building. A building for me is a means to an end. See, we're going to reach the world with Jesus Christ. We're not, we're, we're not just, first and foremost, we're ministering to you. You are our primary focus. But as God blesses here, we're going to take the blessing out. We're going to take the blessing through Texas and through the United States and around the world. We're not going to stop. We've got a world vision that begins right here with God raising up a church that is the light of the world, a city set on a hill, the salt of the earth, preaching the word of God, lifting up the name of Jesus, praising his name, making him known. So for me, a building, what we're about to do is a means to an end, that end the vision that God has given to us. And we're going to do it together. This word became the foundational supportive word of God that undergirded and carried them throughout the entire building project. I'm not going to leave you. not going to forsake you. I will not walk away. I'm going to sustain you until you have finished laying the last brick. I'm with you. Now, if God be for us, who can be against us? And if God, if I know God is on something, I'll go anywhere and I'll do anything. If I know that God's not going to be with me, you're not going to find me anywhere near it. How about you? But I know that God has not brought us this far to stop. I know that it's not his will that we plateau right here. I know that it's his will that we grow and flourish and increase and multiply. And to do that, we've got to move up. And we're going to do it. God says to Turning Point Church today, be strong, be courageous, don't be afraid. The Lord promises he will not leave you, he will not forsake you, he will sustain you until you are finished. Can we thank God for that today? Amen. I learned a long time ago, and, th- and I know this is sort of formulaic, and, and you probably heard this, but it's a, a truth. Where God guides, God provides If God takes you to it, he's going to take you through it. If God brings you to a place and says, this is what I want you to do, then he is the one who carries you, sustains you, provides for you, gets you there. He gets you to the other side of anything he leads you to start. And guess what? Before the beginning begins, he's already at the end waiting for you and me to arrive. King David and the people took this word from the Lord and they ran with it and they finished that glorious temple and God is the one that sustained them. And the Bible tells us not only that they gave towards it, but how they gave. We just saw they gave boldly. They gave in faith. But then the Bible says they gave willingly. Listen to what the Bible says in 1 Chronicles 29, verse 6. Then the leaders of the father's houses... Leaders of the tribes of Israel, the captains of thousands, captains of hundreds, with the officers over the king's work, all, 
offered willingly. I love that word. No one had to twist their arm. No one had to give them promises that weren't true. No one had to manipulate them. No one had to coerce them. They gave out of their heart because of all that God had done for them. Listen, their hearts were invested in the God who had invested so much in them. They said, Lord, you've blessed us. Now you want this house? You've got it. We're willingly giving back. You know when you love somebody, the most expensive gift is no big deal. If you don't love somebody, you can hardly get anything out of you to give to them. Love is a great motivator. You know what I want here, and I believe it is here, a church that is not religious, functioning on duty, but a church that is in love with Jesus, functioning on delight in Him. And we give because we want to give to Him because we love Him. Amen? If you love Him today, can you give Him a hand of praise and just say, Lord, I love you today. In Jesus' name. Amen. And I'm not asking us to brag about it or say something that's not true. But, hey, if you love somebody, you tell them. Amen? Their hearts were invested in the God that invested in them. Now, God's people gave fearlessly and they gave willingly. And the Bible also says they gave sacrificially. Listen to David's testimony at the end of his life once again. He said, I have given to the house of my God over and above all that I have prepared for the holy house, my own special treasure of gold and silver. Can I, can I tell you what that's saying? Watch this. David is saying, I had some money set aside for your house. I had already laid aside some finances for the temple, but, but my heart is being moved so much that I'm going to give above and over and beyond what I had planned. I'm going to actually dip into my own private savings that I'm going to give because, Lord, I love the house of God because I love the God of the house. So David's offering is an over and above offering. Over and above. And that's the difference between a tithe and an offering. Watch this. A tithe is when you give God 10%. The offering is the over and above offering. An offering is when you give above that. And Kathy and I do that. All, I'm not bragging. I'm just saying we do that all the time because we want to. We give over and above. And we find that we can't outgive God, that God blesses as we bless him. David said, I want to give more than I should. My heart is moved to give over and above. So I'm going to give some things that I hadn't even planned on giving. So his giving was sacrificial. When you give sacrificially, you feel it. It's something you feel. Remember that, that woman that is mentioned in the Gospels, the widow who was standing in the line of all the people that were giving into the temple. There was a line of people dropping money into the plate that was to, for the upkeep of the temple. And this little widow came up and Jesus was watching as the people gave. And here comes this little widow and she dropped in two pennies. And Jesus stopped and said to his disciples, you see that woman? Everybody else gave out of their abundance, and they didn't even feel it. But she just gave all she had. And you know what happened? She got put in the eternal word of God forever. Notice, Jesus noticed 
how the people gave. Sacrificial giving is when you feel it. It's when you say, well, instead of going to Starbucks, I'm going to hold it to give to God's work. A lot of you tithe to Starbucks. I know what that feels like. If you're not careful, if you add up what you spend at Starbucks once a month, you will say, what have I done? It means holding back on that one trip through McDonald's or not going to a restaurant once or a movie. What is $20.14? It's not even a tank of gas anymore. Amen? $20.14 is saying, hey, family, let's, let's don't order pizza a couple of times because my heart is with the house of God and not these little things that are going to amount to nothing. Jesus talked to the, about the rich man who lived for himself and was not rich toward God, and Jesus called him a fool. So we see that God's people gave fearlessly, they gave willingly, and they gave sacrificially. That's how they gave. So can you say with me today, fearlessly, willingly, sacrificially? And that was Old Testament. Now, the thing I want to point out also about the way they gave and why they gave and what motivated them to give, as I've already said, they gave to a vision, not to a building. I want you to listen to how David encouraged the people. He said in 1 Chronicles 22, verse 19, Now devote your heart and soul to seeking the Lord your God. Begin to build the sanctuary of the Lord God. Now, I'm going to read that again. Do you hear what God is saying? Begin to build the sanctuary of the Lord God. Why? So that you may bring the ark of the covenant of the Lord and the sacred articles belonging to God into the temple that will be built for the name of the Lord. Notice the last seven words. Why are we building this temple? Not for the sake of just building a building. Not because we want to build some architectural wonder. Here's the reason. We're building it for the name of the Lord. I have a fire in my bones. And I know many of you do. The fire in my bones is I want to declare, clarify, preach, teach, proclaim the Word of God to as many people as we can, as fast as we can, in as many ways as we can. And I believe that today is the day of salvation. Now is the acceptable time. We need to do what we can do when we can do it right now because God is moving in the earth. Believe me, folks. And so we're doing this not for a name on a sign, not just to build a building, but for the name of the Lord. I want to make Jesus famous again. I want to see Jesus be famous. I want, I want to preach Jesus up and preach the devil down. I want to tell the truth to a backsliding, depraved nation that there is hope in only one thing. And it's not money and it's not a political party, but it's the name of the Lord. And so I want a platform to do it from, and this is the platform. It's the means to an end. Amen. It was for the Lord's glory that they built the temple to build a testimony of him throughout the land. David had a vision, you can read about it in the Psalms, of the glory of the Lord filling the earth. Now, God has called Turning Point to a three-point vision. And it's real easy to remember, and here it is, I-O-U. That's easy, right? 
That's a little acronym to easily explain what our vision is. Why are you here? Why am I here? Here's why. First, inreach. Inreach is about discipleship. I, inreach. Our purpose here at Turning Point is to build Christ in every person through discipleship. When, when Paul the Apostle looked at the local church, he saw something powerful. He saw something amazing when he looked at a local church like this. He didn't see people gathering for religious reasons. He didn't see people gathering to see somebody's new dress or new suit or to gossip about this or that other person. He didn't see that. Here's what Paul saw. He said, through the ministry of the local church, we should all grow spiritually, quote, until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete likeness of Christ. How powerful is that? He said, you want to know what I see? When I look at the local church, I see people coming together, ministering to one another, encouraging one another, teaching one another, praying for one another, standing with one another, until those people together as one body grow up into the fullness of the stature and likeness of Jesus Christ. In other words, the local church is a transformative living body. And so our first goal, our first purpose is you. That this time next year, you're going to be able to look back and say, wow, I'm walking in more love, more peace, more joy, more long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, kindness, faith than I was a year ago. You know what we're going to say? Hallelujah. Because that's why we're here. Some of you are going to be teaching some of you will be preaching. Some of you will be in some kind of a ministry, ministering in God's house. And you know what we're going to say to that? Hallelujah. That's why we're here. In reach, focused on you is our first purpose. But then there's the O, I in reach. O outreach is about evangelism. Our purpose is to reach every person with Christ through evangelism. Jesus said, go into all the world, not part of it, all of it. And that's what we're going to do. And preach the gospel to everyone. I wish I could tell you all the testimonies that are happening in this church that come to me all the time. Let, let me tell you one that I learned of last night. A police officer in full uniform that was working for us came up to me with his fiance and he said, Pastor Jeff, I need to tell you what's happened to me. And I said, tell me. And he said, about a year and a half ago, an officer friend of mine who was working here and said to me, hey, you want a part-time gig? You can get a part-time gig at Turning Point. They need some security. So he said, sure, I need, I need some part-time work. So he said, I came, and I started working part-time. And one Sunday, I walked into the sanctuary, and you were preaching, and it gripped me. He said, now, you need to know I was raised a Southern Baptist, and I had left the church disillusioned with it, and I'd been out of church for years. But I walked in and stood there, and it gripped me, and something began to touch me. And before I knew it, I was saying, Lord, forgive me of my sin and restore me to yourself. 
He said, Pastor Jeff, I just finished the foundations course. Me and my fiance just joined this church. And he said, we love this church. And I said, bring the whole police force. Bring them all. We'll have a section for them right over here. Another one, quickly. I got a letter last week sent to me, typed out, uh, on a typewriter, uh, um, uh, two pages. And in a nutshell, here's what it said. Pastor Jeff, you've never met me. You don't know me. But I'm an alcoholic. And I had been in church, and I had had some things happen that put me under great stress and great pressure. And so I kind of got out of church, and I backslid. And one day I was being tempted to drink again. I'd been in AA and all these different things. But I was tempted to drink, and I got in my car. And I was driving down the highway to go to a liquor store. And I turned on the radio, and I'm flipping through the stations. And suddenly a voice said, you're under temptation. And then this voice said, you don't have to yield to it. And he said, it grabbed me by the throat. So I pulled off, and I got on the side of the road, and I turned you up. And I listened to a whole message on temptation. He said, blocks away from the liquor store, I listened to it. God spoke to me. I repented. I U-turned. I went back home. I've gotten married. I'm in a great local church right now. God told me, Pastor Jeff, to write you and tell you how the radio show had reached out and changed my life and saved me from a fatal mistake. Amen. Amen. So everybody say with me, outreach. And that's happening multiplied times all over America and here in the Metroplex. Now, so that's I, inreach, O, outreach, you, upreach, is about worship. Our purpose is to lead every person into the worship of Christ. Here's what Jesus said. The Father seeks those who will worship him in spirit and in truth. So we want to win you to Christ. Then we want to build Jesus in you. And then we want to lead you in worship into his presence because in his presence there is fullness of joy. Amen. So here's our purpose in a nutshell, building Christ in every person through discipleship, witnessing about Christ to every person through evangelism, leading every person in the presence of Christ through worship, and we're about to go up another level and reach more than we ever have, and that's why we must go upstairs and finish the outside. That song Carlito sang before I spoke. Isn't that what this is all about? Thank you for giving to the Lord because you gave. My life was changed. Can we stand together today? And I want to show you quickly a couple of slides up here. And here's what it's going to take to do it and how easy it will be to do it. The upstairs inside renovation is $500,665. Now, unless you think that's a lot, I have a pastor friend. My pastor friend has about 3,000 people that come on a weekend. I was with him recently, and he said, Jeff, we did a building fund. We, we, we did a building drive, and for months I built it up, and we took up the building fund on one weekend. He has multiple services. But on one weekend, we took up that building fund. He said, in that weekend, we took up $3.2 million. I said, shut up. 
I said, come on, it was pledges, right? He said, cash. I said, no, I said, I rejoice with you. I do. I rejoice with him because it built my faith. It built my faith. And so they went right out and they bought their land, paid cash on it. God is, when God's got his hand on a work where he guides, he provides. So listen carefully. If 1,200 people give 20.14 twice a month, that's paid for upstairs in 11 months. It's paid for. Now, many, many of you can give way more than that. And there is a few of you that can write big checks, and I know that. And I'm just challenging you to pray about it and ask God what he would have you do. Because maybe he's blessed you for such a time as this. 1,200 times 2014 times 22. And it's paid for. 11 months or 22 times, twice a month. So, and then let's extrapolate the numbers just a little bit. If 1,200 people gave 2014 every week, which is $80.56 more a month than normal giving, then everything is paid for, like the outside, the renovation, the cross, the portico share, and the electric poles. Yes. $135,000 is what it's going to cost. And then one more. It's there. There we go. Kitchen, furniture, and equipment. Now that's upstairs and downstairs. Across in the fellowship hall, we're going to have a kitchen, ladies. A kitchen. And equipment, $215,000. What that comes to is a little over $800,000. Now, if 1,200 people gave $20.14 every week, all of that would be paid for cash in 11 months. But let's just shoot for the upstairs and believe God that 1,200 people giving $20.14, which is $10.07 a week, 2014 in two weeks, twice a month, upstairs is paid for and we're done with the upstairs. How easy is that? Amen? We, we, we did this so that it would be easy for the person who really lives from check to check and, but wants to do something. You can do that. Now, if you, I'm going to lead you into prayer in just a moment, but this, this is going to be in front of you every week until we're done. It's going to be in the chair, in the seat pocket in front of you. Turning Point Church. And it's, and it's the Building Our Future envelope. And if you open it, it shows you exactly what you need to do. If you want to do the online giving, we can make it real easy. It, it, if you want to put something in this every week and just drop it in the offering plate, you can. If you're in this church for long at all, you know that I hardly ever talk about money. But folks, we've got to make room. We've got to make room. Now, Kathy, do you have that magazine? And I don't see a microphone. It's gone. Do you have it? Okay. Come up and just real quickly show them that microphone. 
or not the microphone. It's been a long weekend for me. Show them that microphone. Okay. <laughs> we want to encourage everyone to get the monthly magazine every month. At the beginning of every month, these are always new. But especially this month, it has all the information that we've been talking about today, as well as all the classes that go on up here on Tuesday and Thursday night and, and Wednesday night and all the activities that involve all the ministries of the church. So be sure and pick this up. And you'll notice right in the center of this, and also in your bulletin, oh, thank you. and also in your bulletin, we have QR codes on both, both available. They'll take you right to the online giving. Say it, QR code? QR code. Tell them what that is. QR code. <laughs> it's where you use the smartphone. You scan it with your smartphone, yes. and it takes you right to the website. All right. We're very tech savvy around here. Uh, my thanks to Valerie and Amber and all the staff that did such a great job on getting this, this ready.